Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. My name's Ben Childs, and uh, we don't have Hector today. He's uh, still recuperating, but um, he's getting there, so he'll, he'll be back next week. But um, we had our first ever live um, concert event, like 561 Music event, uh, this weekend, and it went really, really well. I, it couldn't have gone better, really. We had four victim open, and um, then we had Sandman Sleeps, and then Butch and the Fat Dubes closed it out, and they're all people who've been on the podcast. And, you know, that's going to be the idea for us doing these shows is, is to, you, you know, have people who've actually been on it. And uh, it was cool. that they're, they're real kind of uh, varied acts, and it, it couldn't have gone better. And there was a, a really good vibe in there, and the bands all stayed for each other's sets, which I always appreciate being a punk at heart. And... um yeah, the, a bunch of people came to watch it, and it was a Colonies. Uh, I always say Colonies, Connollys in Royal Palm Beach, and uh, it was cool. So, uh, if you see any other events coming up, you should come out to one of them because, um, judging by the way that one went, it was pretty rad. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a shame that Hector couldn't make it, but he's going to make the next one. I think we're planning on doing uh, some Average Joes up in Jupiter, and um, we've got some different ideas. I'm gonna do one with Euphobia, and then we're gonna. It's all it's all leading up to um, on April second of next year. We're doing a, a one day festival at Matthews in in Lake Worth. So it's just kind of like a concert series leading up to that. And uh, yeah, it's got off to a great start. So we're really happy. And uh, it, I've got Marlon Foster with the Basement Presents on the podcast today. How's it going, man? Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. Good, good. So. Good. I was saying to you earlier, it's pretty funny that we're doing a Florida local music scene podcast and we are both not American. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But it's cool, though. Um, We both lived here for a really long time. I don't know about you, but I I feel virtually native at this point. Yeah, well, a bit of a confession. I was actually born in Florida. Okay. But I was raised in England. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. all right, so you are Floridian then. Yeah, yeah. Makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah. We're not hoodwinky people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So when did you uh, like, when did you move to England? When I was a baby. Right. Yeah, yeah, when I was a little, sort of like probably one or two. Right. Yeah. And what, um, so, you know, this is a pretty all-encompassing question, but um, what got you into playing music originally and, like, what was what were you listening to in those really early years, like what were your mum and dad playing and stuff mm. like that? Oh, uh, so as a kid, my mum would like listen to a lot of like Temptations, uh, Jackson Five, uh, and my grandma. She's loves a Barry White, a Marvin Gaye. So a lot of soul music, right? R and B, a little bit of reggae, and then uh, as I grew up. My mum would always listen to like you know your Tony Braxtons and right. uh, Monica, like R and B and stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a mixture of music to be honest with you. But like I would say, predominantly as a kid, it was mainly soul music and R and B and everything a else. Great place to start. Mm-hmm. Did you find yourself uh, like? I mean, did were you ever? Was your family ever involved in the church and stuff like that? No, not really. No. Some people are we've had on it, and and you know, I I wasn't particularly. I, I occasionally went on Christmas and stuff like that. But the people that were always seemed to have a really solid foundation in music with all the singing and everything. Like that. Yeah, no. Me, my grandma used to 
throw a lot of house parties. So, oh, cool. <laughs> so you'd always like that was just how it was. Like, yeah, uh, you know, especially cool. in Leicester and that. Like there would be house parties around. Right. The yeah. Way, you know I mean, that's cool. So, um, like, did you, have you ever played in like? Like an actual band, I feel like you have. Like, were you an MC at one point? Yeah, uh, me and my cousin had a band. I would right. say it was a band. I guess it was because right. um, we'd occasionally have drummers in it and that, and he played the guitar and stuff. Uh, but yeah, the Offbeat Reprobates. That's um, it. Yeah, yeah, was me and me cousin, and uh, yeah, that was like that was cool. We did a few gigs here and there. I think we played at the same place you played at when you. Was in Leicester years the and years. Yeah, the Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's we opened it. up for Dead Prez. Oh, cool! Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's that was, amazing. Uh, yeah, that was. Yeah, that was a that was a good time. Yeah. Dead, that that tune, bigger than hip hop, was like the one hip hop tune they play in every rock club. You remember? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a banger of a tune. Yeah, though. I know. It they was, played like, it in every. Club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. such a tune. That bassline is unbelievable. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah. So. Just trying to get an idea of sort of what kind of funnels you into sort of doing, ending up sort of music being your main thing. Like, um, what sort of bands were you listening to when you were a teenager and what were you trying to like emulate and stuff like that? Mate, oh, that's a tough one. I think, but to be honest with you, like, before me and my cousin really did any music together, it was more hip hop that I was into, and right. I I used to do like freestyle battles and stuff like that. Really, and um, so like the music I was into was like Wu Tang, Tupac, Biggie, sure. uh, and then I got into a lot of English hip hop, right? Uh, Skinny Man, Task Force, yeah, um, Scorsese, uh, all these different ones, and one of our really good friends, uh, Apoc, who's now in Paris, he lives in Paris now, and still doing music. He had like his own little label. I right. say little. It was. It was. Yeah. It was for someone around the way. You know, in a, on yeah. an estate, it was kind of amazing that someone even had a label. Do you know for what sure, I mean? Yeah. Like, so he had his label, and you know, he put us onto a lot of music and stuff like that. And uh, when I started to get into more producing, um, my good friend uh, Rich goes by Dice. He got me into like just listening to all sorts of music and different oh, cool. genres of music and everything else. So uh, at the beginning, it wasn't really, I wasn't really into the band stuff. It wasn't until I started doing music with my cousin. Yeah. And he played the guitar and, and obviously his mates were all in the same band. So we just jam out together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like if you're coming from sort of hip hop and going into a band kind of situation, it's like scars, definitely like the kind of like mm, gateway mm, drug. Yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. That's where everyone sort of ends. I know because when I was young, I had you know all these kind of grand kind of fantasies about including all music into into what I was doing mm. and you know, making this kind of mashup music. Right, and it kind of ended up. I ended up gravitating towards the scar scene because it did incorporate elements mm. of all sorts of different things, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, like, um, so when did you move here? Uh, I moved to Florida, what, it's like nine years now. Nine okay. years that I've been here. Yeah, yeah I, be, I moved here in, um, I moved here in the, the spring of 2010. So I've been here for 11 11-ish years now, yeah. That's crazy. So yeah, I know. It's nuts. Yeah. You don't lose the accent, though, do you? No, you don't. 
I mean, to be fair, like I talk to my family back home pretty much every day, and yeah, like and before the pandemic, I was going home once a year. So, yeah, me too. Uh, I, that's what I'm trying to do is once a year. Yeah, do you go at Christmas or in the summer? It depends. Right. I like going in the summer because obviously you can't be in English summer. Um, yeah, but Christmas is it's family. You know what I mean, so um, it's always nice. It's a difficult one. Like I, I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I find this interesting. I don't know if other people will, but. Because if you go in the winter, it's like, you know, there, there's all the kind of nice nostalgic, it's mm. Christmas stuff. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you're kind of stuck in your house. Yeah. Because it's just miserable weather. Yeah. yeah. And, it's and, freezing. Yeah. And then if you're stuck in your house with the family that you haven't seen for a really long time, <laughs> that, can get, <laughs> that can get a bit interesting at times, you know. Oh, it's obviously wonderful. I know my mum listens to this and, you know, I don't mean that. Yeah, no, I, I get it, though. I yeah. think, like, whenever I've gone home at Christmas time, like, obviously, I spend a big portion of the time with the family and everything else yeah. but because it's kind of my holiday as well my vacation sure it's like i'm it going out with, yeah yeah it's like i'm going out with my mates and everything and it's just like just different because it's obviously freezing yeah and uh you know you know how it gets when you're out yeah absolutely <laughs> when i when i first started going home i was still kind of trying to because i'd been in this band sonic boom six it was quite it was a thing in England. Yeah. And um, and I was still trying to kind of do tour. I'd go home and I'd see my family for a couple of days and then I'd like do a like, solo yeah, acoustic yeah, tour yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. It was a nightmare. Eventually, I just had to kind of accept. It, I was trying to live in both places. Right, right, um, right. And eventually, I just had to accept that I live here. You know, I do my stuff here. And then when I go to England, it's for a vacation. Uh. See, like, I'm trying to do that though. I'm trying to like. Well, I think you could do it once in a while. Like, but I, I did like every time I went, I'd right. like do like a two week tour and then see my uh, family for like a couple of days. Uh, I see what you mean. And and it was it wasn't fair on them or me really. It was exhausting and right, I ended up yeah. just pissing off everybody. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah no, I mean. It, the, there are some good sides to it, though. And, you know, every band I've been over here is like, when are we going to go and tour England? You know? Yeah, I always get that as well. Like, yeah. uh, you know. you went, didn't you go with Spread the Dub? Or did... Yeah, well, Spread the Dub already had a gig at Boomtown. And yeah. they asked me if I could help with a couple more gigs. Right. And I got them at the Leicester Caribbean Carnival. Okay, so that's you sort of then. Though. Yeah, okay. and then uh, my mate owned a pub in uh i forgot the name of the village now it's gonna piss me off but anyway it was that did you guys play in high wickham no they were out there though i think they right. were out there um before they were going to boomtown but the, right. the the gig that i got them at was at a steam and billy pub oh, and cool. and they didn't have any equipment yeah so we had to ask like the people of the village to <laughs> to lend us equipment and stuff oh, cool and uh it was so, it was like something on a movie man so they yeah. let us all this equipment and like the the locals at the pub were just standing around saying wondering if they were any good, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And they absolutely killed it and like yeah. the whole village came out. Like it was it it was probably you could ask them now, they, it's one of the best gigs that uh, they've done, they'll always say that. But That's so cool. it was so I don't know how we got home that night because it was <laughs> it, it was uh, a messy one. It was definitely a messy <laughs> one. Um that's great. But yeah, it was a good time. It makes me happy that they've been to England because it there's sort of no way of explaining what it's like unless you've been there. So yeah, yeah. So, something to I can relate to those boys. Mm, with, definitely. How did you end up um, sort of getting so close to those, just living in Lake Worth and kind of kicking around? Um, 
to be honest, it weren't really like that. Like, when I first met Mick, the, the lead singer, spread the dub, like, I knew of him, but I didn't really know him. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. and at that time, I wasn't really... I wasn't too overly friendly with anybody. Do you get what I mean? Like, okay. I would always just go to work and come back home. Gotcha. And then when I started the musician services at the cultural council, that's how we kind of, like, right. they kind of heard about that, and that's how we kind of got talking and stuff. Okay. Um, so, I've, yeah. I've been always been a bit curious about um, the cultural council. Can you tell us a little about a bit about what, what, what it is and what you do there? So uh, the Cultural Council is like an umbrella organization for Palm Beach County. Um, we get funded uh, by like the hotel bed tax out here. So like tourists that come out here um, and stay at hotels, we get a part of the, that money. And then we um, give part of that money out to other organizations, nonprofits. Right. So like the Norton, Sunfest, Loggerhead, um, Jupiter Lighthouse, places like that. Yeah. But at the Cultural Council, we have a an art gallery and we serve yeah. um, visual artists. We also put on performances uh, and work with different musicians and everything else. Um, dancers, you name it, we kind of like all the arts, basically, we, we help either fund or put it on. It's a nice thing to be involved with. Mm. I feel like coming from Manchester where I was right, there was so much stuff on my doorstep. Mm. When I moved to Jupiter, I felt a little bit like kind of, I mean, it's a beautiful place, but I felt a little bit like kind of culturally bereft. And, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's not like a diss on Jupiter. No, it's, no, just, no. it's more of like to say that Manchester has so much going on all the time. Right. And um, and like, uh, yeah, so, you know, doing what you do down here that must be nice because you sort of keep, you know, your toes in like what's going on and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I mean, it's definitely... Especially working for a non-profit anyway, like it's it's rewarding being able to help. My job is to help musicians and stuff like that. So for me, it's it's nice being able to put musicians in places that they probably won't be able to go yeah. or get gigs at and, you know, or giving advice to them or, you know, different things like that. So, yeah, it's definitely rewarding. And it's helped. The stuff that I've learned doing it has helped with The Basement pre- Presents with, like, my own events and yeah. uh, how I do business as well so so what can you tell us a little bit about the basement presents and um and you know w- what it is and where you play and like what kind of events you put on yeah um so originally so I started the musician services at the cultural council to help musicians and then um as I got familiar with the different music scenes out here like I'd speak to different DJs and the DJs that I was speaking to, they never really got to play the music that they wanted to play. It right, was kind of yeah. like they had to stick to a certain sure. theme or like whatever else. Wagon wheel. At yeah. Times a night. yeah. So then um, there was a little bar around the corner from uh, the Cultural Council CWS and um, they had different DJs there. And I don't know, I, we just ended up having this conversation talking about Northern Soul. Yeah. And then never heard of Northern Soul. And I was like, oh, you should listen to this yeah. and listen to that. Yeah. And um, they was like, well, can you play it? And like, I was like, yeah, cool. I DJed back in England and stuff. So then I, I DJed that. And then I had like this light bulb moment where I was like, oh, let me start like an umbrella thing where I would just have. And so just to go back a little bit, the basement is a bar slash club in England. 
in right. Leicester. Yeah. I think I've seen a picture of it online. Yeah, yeah. and it's basically back in the day, still to this day, I'm pretty sure, they used to play the best soul music that you can imagine, like just the best like soul and funk and whatever else. Cool. So the basement was my way of kind of going like an ode to back home. Yeah, nice. And then so my plan was with the basement presents would be like the basement presents DJ such and such or DJ blah 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 yeah and it worked for a little bit (laughs) (laughs) but as with anything when it's like your kind of business like some people just don't see the vision you get what i mean like so then it ended up just being i became like the basement presents. so i dj underneath the name as the basement presents right yeah and regards to the events that i put on i've done a few um but my current ones at the moment are wax on wax off which is Essentially, it's essentially like karaoke, but with vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you could bring your records in. You get 15 minutes to play your own vinyl. That's cool. And, uh, yeah, that's been amazing. Like, Yeah, I, it I, seems popular. I always, I, you know, I, I, I haven't been to it, but I've, 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 like, I've been five follow it online. And yeah, I, yeah. the only reason I haven't been to it is because I'm always playing. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I totally get it. This is the same yeah. with me. Like, I'd love to see you perform different ones. It's just I'm always doing this, that, and the third. Yeah, yeah. But that's been going really well. Like, some of the... You know, the people that attended Wax On, Wax Off at the beginning and now, like, getting their own gigs and, and DJing and stuff like that. So it's been, yeah, like, really great. cool that. The other event that I'm, which will start next week is uh, the Tiny Gear concert. So, I saw that. What is that? So I'm a bit of a synth nerd and, yeah, yeah. and like, me gizmos and gadgets. So basically the premise of it is... You can perform your own music, but it has to either fit in a backpack or in your pocket. That's awesome. So what I'm hoping with that is, like, the modular kids and the synthesizer yeah. people, they will just come out and bring out, like, gnarly instruments and yeah. just uh, perform. So that starts next week, That's Wednesday. Like Gabriel Gatto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely going to be there, bless yeah, him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've, I've already got like 15 people sign up for that, so that should that's be awesome. a, a really popular one. What, uh, when's that again? That's uh, Wednesday, the 29th of September. Okay. And then Wax on Wax Off is a day after uh, on a Thursday at Death and Glory. Does it go late? What the Tiny the, Gear? Yeah. Uh, no, I. Well, it's from seven o'clock until ten. Okay. Um, but with the amount of people signed up for it, it's probably going to go till eleven. Okay. Um, the reason I ask is we record this on a Wednesday. So ah, screw yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't for coming to that. Sounds cool, though. Sounds yeah, really yeah. Cool. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Everybody gets, like, a maximum performance time of 15 minutes. Right. And uh, no laptops. You can't bring no laptops. It has to be hardware. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and, yeah. Uh, and it's just a, a way to, like, I'm, I'm a bedroom producer, you know. I mean, yeah. I, I just feel like it's there's nothing for bedroom producers or or producers that do that style of music synthesizer music and stuff like that uh so i feel like it'll be a a good good night for them and i feel like people will love it i feel like i mean there's miami obviously we live in south florida Mm. miami's a big dance music place but you get outside of miami and it's like england is obsessed with electronic music Mm. just completely obsessed so we came from there right and with this kind of like 
almost like compendious knowledge of it just mm-hmm. because it's what yeah. we grew up with right, and, right. and it's all we oh, it's all I cared about when I went up from the ages of about 15 to 25 yeah. all I was doing was going out to nights and trying to make beats and yeah, yeah, yeah. that was my whole thing and um, I, I know when I came here that you know I kind of had some ideas about trying to do some stuff like that as well. I ended up going a completely different direction. Right. But, <laughs> but, you know, I definitely had thought about it because, you know, I had this and also maybe a slightly sort of perceived air of superiority <laughs> coming from England. <laughs> yeah, we're a bit guilty of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, That's like it's, it is, you know, it's, I think the the way that electronic music is in the UK is just completely culturally ingrained is different the mm. 90s in England and the way it took over is just yeah it's insane yeah yeah, yeah. And, and you know that's there is Miami there but it's amazing how it drops off you know it's like yeah I, I mean I've been out here nine years and I've probably been to Miami like twice right and I I hear of like especially more and more now with the DJ and I, I get like different DJs from Miami and you know, places out there kind of hit me up and stuff like that. So I'm I'm learning more about it. But like, you're right. It kind of like it's it's at Miami and it kind of stops yeah. there. And it, but the the truth of it is, it doesn't stop there in Palm Beach County. There's a lot of amazing DJs and producers yeah. that put on these nights. But it's just it doesn't it, 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 it doesn't seem to be as popular for some reason and you gotta bear in mind it's Miami do you know what I mean like everybody yeah. wants to say that they've been to Miami don't really, yeah. do you know what I mean but if you dig a little deeper there's some incredible little little you know pockets of dope music and you know, yeah and I feel DJs. like that is that's a lot to do with what this podcast is the, the idea behind it is that that's what I have found living here is that you know, you don't. You, you scratch the surface. There is a huge amount mm. of stuff going on, mm. and you. You know, if you look at this area in a certain way, you'd be forgiven for thinking there wasn't a huge amount going on. Right. But if you just have a look around, there's tons of bands. There's tons of producers. Yeah, they're all out there. Yeah, definitely. And and, and um, you know, I just wanted to doing this just kind of you know shine a little bit more light on on some stuff. Yeah, which I think is amazing. Uh, and you're right. There is so many. I wish, though, I'll be honest with you, especially like with working with the Cultural Council and stuff, I've been working with bands and musicians and stuff like that. I just feel like the music scene out here is just a little bit, I don't know what it is, it's like a bit weird. Everybody's kind of like not as connected as yeah. you would think. Do you get what I mean? Like yeah. considering how many different I agree. Big groups of musicians and that, it just always seems to be a bit of a disconnect. Yeah, and um, I think that that for me has been is another thing where I, where consciously or not, you know, I've been trying to connect the dots of all the people mm, I know. Yeah, and, and I definitely can be accused of thinking that everyone knows everyone else. Right? They don't actually. No, a lot of people don't know everyone else. You know, but um, you know, I when I moved here, my whole thing since I've been here, I mean, you might be able to relate to this. You know, I, moving here, I I could. I sort of in, I could decide who I was going to be. You yes. Know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was, and what a privilege that is. Mm. You know? Yeah, that's it's, true. It's a responsibility, and it's difficult, but at the same time, it's you know, starting again is was was crazy. But yeah, it took. I think that you know, it took a lot out of me. Honestly, like I was good the first few years, and then I started to kind of 
I think that just the stress of it all started to get to me a little bit. In um, what way? Just of, I think I sort of I was burning the candle at both ends ah, and kind of yeah, overextending yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I just exhausted myself. But you know, I've kind of reined it in and got a little bit more of a head on my shoulders about it now. But but like um, before you came, were you doing similar things before you moved here, or did did you kind of like like events and stuff? Of, yeah. Um. Yes. Uh, I did. Uh, I used to have an event in Leicester with my good mate Jack called Beatdown, and it was a beat battle. It was actually a beat battle uh, night. It wasn't like like this version I'm doing is going to be like a concert. Like everybody gets like a slot and blah blah. This was more of a beat battle type thing. Right. Um. And I was DJing. Um, okay. But I, I I would say it was not quite the same out right. here. I kind of like hit the ground running yeah. and just was like, all right, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. Um, but I would say the music scene from what I'm used to is different Yeah, out here. Like I, I like, well, there's the blurred line between, um, original music and the bar bands too, which is, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, is, that's, that's true. Yeah. That's not even a thing in England. Right. No, there's it's like not. bar bands are just uh, here. There's a lot of good bar bands. Right. Bar bands are like a joke in England. Yeah, like you know, yeah, yeah. It's you're like right. You get like wedding bands. Yeah, you occasionally yeah. you see a band in a bar, but it's like some guy and his mates, and they're all drunk, yeah. and they're not like you know, right, right, they're, right, right. they're no good. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> but like, that's true. But here is a whole thriving industry. You know. Yeah. Like no, you, you're one hundred percent right about that, and I did, and I honestly never thought of it like that. That's why it's been like even with DJing and. Like, you, or any musician, like, you can cross that line. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. once you start getting a little bit too popular and whatever else, it's kind of like, oh, you, you go down that yeah. road of, yeah. you know, and no disrespect, you can make a lot of money from it and stuff. And but well, I think there's classy ways of doing it. And, same, you know, yes. Like, yeah. you, and, you know, you look at people like, you know, like Spread the Dub, for mm. example. You know, they, they, oh, yeah. they do it in a pretty classy way. Yeah, they do it in a very classy way. And they way, intersperse yeah. a bunch of their own original music and stuff. And, you know, yeah, we, and try, then, we yeah. try to do the same thing with Killbillies. Like, you know, it's... But they worked hard to get to that level, though. Those boys, yeah. like, like, they've been doing it for a crazy amount of years. So it's like, it's, they've earned that spot. Do you get what sure. I mean? They've definitely earned that spot. But sure. I, I do find that with, like, just working with musicians that struggle of just kind of like, I want to do this, but this is paying the bills. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and not knowing. No, it's a thing. I was talking to James, our banjo player about it earlier today and about, cause I have a tendency to kind of overbook the band, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, I mean, cause it's, you know, it's part, it's part of my income. So, right. so, you know, there's always that side of it involved, but you know, he had to remind me like, you know, you don't want it to become too much like work because then we will not want to write yeah. music or, you know, Same, you have to keep yeah. it like a little bit fresh and not just say yes to absolutely everything, you know. And I have to stop myself from doing the same thing. Like the more, the more gigs that I've managed to accumulate, like I'm like very like, I can't, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I got, like if I want to do this or if I'm trying to get here, I can't keep doing this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. And so I, That's I exactly it. what, the Kilbillies has been in this position before right. and not dealt with it very well. We're back in it again right. at that point. 
And I think that we're going to deal with it better this time. Yeah, I think that's why it's important. Again, speaking to my musicians and, and different people, like my own friends and peers, I always just tell them, like, stack your money. Like, put your money aside, just like your rainy day money, so you can take some time off yeah. to work on your craft or to even just practice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even that's important. Well, just, that leads into one of the questions that I ask everyone on the, on the show is that do you, do you practice at home? Like, yes. You, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, and when you're practicing, what does that look like as a DJ and producer? Um, so I mean, if I'm practicing, like I'll typically like say if I've got like a weekend of gigs, then yeah. in the week I'll like sit back and go through the history of because like on my turntables it shows you the history of songs that you played, right? And I just go back through that history and replay it, right? And kind of like oh. This would have gone better with this, and then blah blah blah. That's one way. The other way is I'll sit and just study other DJs. Like right. I'll just sit and just kind of oh how he or she made that transition, or why did they pick that? You know, yeah. I, I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to stuff like that. That's great, and I think to be a good DJ, you have to be. You know, yeah. the best ones are for sure. And then as far as like producing. I, I'm hoping that I eventually I can start doing live performance with my own music. That's kind of what I'm working towards. Sure. So as far as like pre- practicing with producing, I wouldn't say I necessarily practice, but I'll make a beat pretty much every day. Like I'll yeah. sit and make a track like every day. And that is like, that leads right into um, the other question I ask everyone is, what does your writing process look like when you're writing your like beats and stuff? Do you have anything that you always do or is it always different? Um, for me, it's been pretty different and kind of weird, like, because, so I, obviously I was into the whole hip hop and still into very much into hip hop and sure. everything else, but I went for a period of like sampling, just sampling tracks, sampling breaks and making lo-fi beats, making hip hop tracks. Now, cause I'm DJing and like you're dealing with crowds and stuff like that, you kind of want to put in your own edits of songs like different remixes of songs and stuff so you yeah. you have to have like either it has to be faster or it has like it has to go with the tempo of the original track yeah in order to like mix it in so i find myself doing more kind of electronic stuff so right. like you know getting into the whole synthesizers and, and yeah. you know stuff like that I saw you posting that you're buying a new one. Yeah, right? yeah, you, it's it's it's, a, it's an addiction, mate. It's, a, <laughs> it's an addiction. You get one, and then you want another and another. I get it. I got I I've got a. I've only have one real one. I, I and it's not even a particularly expensive one or anything. I got that Korg Mini Log. Oh, one, nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for what the money, it's yeah. great. And um, you know, but the thing is, because it's like a tool of my trade, I always find myself spending my free money on guitars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah, I think yeah. if I had any left over, it would be synthesizers for sure. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, get it's, it. It's just <laughs> like you just go down a rabbit hole when it comes to that. Yeah. But um, as far as like my writing and stuff, like I am working this year to get an EP done this year. I'm like, yeah. That's, that's my goal. So I just kind of sit I'll make a tune and then like I'll, I'll either try and write to it or if it's just an instrumental tune then I'll like add as much as I can to it and then strip yeah. away as much as I can just to and when get... you say you're putting together an EP are you going to be um, like rapping on it and stuff as well um, a bit of rapping a bit of singing right um, 
some sampling on there. Sort of so. eclectic, like a bit tricky sort of. Yeah, I, I guess, like, I think my personality anyway, I'm not really, like, singular in anything. Like, gotcha. I, I'm, I'm always kind of like, because I like, you, even with my style of DJing, I don't do one style of music. It's kind of right. all over the place. Yeah. So I'm kind of just, like, leaning into that. Feeling Ooh. it with my own music, just kind of go, look, you know, hopefully it, yeah. like, it, it sounds good together, but I'm just not really grouping it in one style. Do you get what I mean? Like, I do know exactly what you yeah. mean. And honestly, I'm exactly the same way. And I, I, at some point, I just decided to lean into it. And it, yeah. it's what, it's what, um, it's what I was saying before with, uh, when we were talking about Scar earlier and, and it kind of being able to accommodate a lot of different styles. It's, um, that that's always just been my thing. Is, right. Is, I, I could never settle on. I'm not one of these people who, who just wanted to per- perfect a genre. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like. I just find whatever is interesting to me at the time, really. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, you know, and being creative, I guess that's what you want, right? You yeah. Know, like I, I would like. I don't want to be stuck to just one style of anything. Do you know what I mean? Like totally. I mean, I do respect people who are kind of like honing. A certain thing. There is there is a lot to be. There's integrity in kind of you know being like a, a kind of a genre artist who really kind of defines the genre. I mean, I do yeah. get that, but it's not it's not me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you love one style of music, then fair play to you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and you, if you love it and you can master it, then yeah, hats off to you. But yeah, I, I know I, with Killbillies that we've we've never been able <laughs> to uh, please the kind of like either really either the kind of purist of like Celtic and Irish mm-hmm, music mm-hmm. or the bluegrass yeah, purist yeah, yeah. because well, I mean, we have feet drums and for bluegrass purists that is like I <laughs> 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 <They> hate that <laughs> so so we kind of had to carve our own little little niche in it but it worked though yeah. like, you've got your niche do you know what I mean yeah. and you've got your, that niche of people that love it and yeah. enjoy it do you know what I mean so that's why I think it's important to lean into what you actually love doing yeah because you'll find the right people yeah totally that, that'll dig it do you know what I mean so. no absolutely so do you have any uh, sort of coming up uh, like sort of I guess you're saying you're going to make an album you got any plans to sort of pet d- tour or anything like that I do I do I'm hoping next year um, to do a little uh, well what I want to do next year is a couple of months in England and actually gig out in England right because uh, cool. I feel like I've done alright in Florida yeah um, and people enjoy the way I play and I think for sure, yeah. In England, you, I think they, I think they'll dig it as well. Yeah. And then um, after that, I would like to just kind of, especially if I, by then I'm hopefully I can get this EP done. I would just like to kind of go towards more of a live setup with my music and right. Still elements of DJing in it, but just like with other people, anything like uh, instrumentalists. Uh, more of an instrumentalist, like. You know, like DJ Shadow, RJ D two, yeah. those okay. those kind of guys. They cook chemist. You know, yeah, just sure. um, you know a bit of mixture of still that element of turntablism or DJing, but with my own kind of version of it. Do yeah, you know awesome. I mean? Yeah, totally, man. Well, um, seeing as we're talking so much about your music, why don't we give some of it a listen? Yeah. All right. Yeah, please. Let's do it. I think I got 
So we're very lucky to have sponsors for this podcast, um, and uh, our first sponsor is uh, Harmony Management. It's um, uh, our she helps out Killbillies actually our band a lot, and she's a it, it's a Mary Mandel and at Harmony Management Group. And um, I have a little uh, paragraph here about it. So does it overwhelm you to walk into your small business or home office? Sometimes all you need. It's just a little help, and that's where Harmony Management Group can help you. Offering anywhere from just a few hours a week of office help for basic office tasks like filing and organizing to full-service business offerings like bookkeeping, payroll, tax services, data entry, scheduling, invoices, and much, much more. She's slowly becoming the go-to accountant for artists and musicians because of her understanding of the, mu- of the music and art business. She can service all of your business needs and tailor plans specific to your business spectrum. There's no need to stress or to worry about the little things in your business, or the big things for that matter. Take a deep breath and call Mary at Harmony Management Group at 561-420-5652. That's Mary at Harmony Management Group, 561 561- 420 465 sorry 561 and uh yeah get in touch because she is a wonderful lady i've known her for years and um she's been a huge amount of help for me i know that like um being a, a creative and uh somewhat um lacking in organizational skills she's made uh my life a hell of a lot easier so you should give her a call and um yeah, the other sponsor we have is Handlebars Bar and Grill, which is um, it's a biker bar up in Tequesta. So my father-in-law, um, he took over the place from Victor, who is a, a local kind of legend in the Jupiter area, and um, and reopened the place. So we, we all kind of teamed up, up together like um, friends and family and cleaned the place out and did a bunch of work on the place. And... Uh, my father-in-law reopened it, and I booked the music there. Uh, we have music on a bike night, which is the thir- the second Thursday of every month, and we have a uh, 
music every Saturday from six to nine and music on Sundays from four to seven. And uh, it's a good laugh and you can go out there and, uh, you know, see so many cool bikes, British bikes. My my brother-in-law runs a, a bike shop called Bob's British Bikes. And uh, so you'll see a bunch of the bikes that he fixes up there and there's some real cool ones, Norton's, BSAs and Triumphs and stuff. And uh, also like rat rods and things like that. So if you're a... Uh, um, if you're kind of nerdy about older, cool vehicles, it's a really, really cool spot. And um, the beer's great there. We've got some great uh, German beers on tap. And uh, the food's great too. Bernsey, the chef, um, he does a great job. So you should come and check it out. All right, so getting back to uh, Marlon. Um, yeah, so could you tell us a little bit about that tune and did, how come you picked that sample? You got anything to say about that tune? Uh, yeah. Um, so the the sample is from Free Nationals. Right. Um, I was actually listening to their album Monday. I was at the beach right. listening to them and that, that's like the end of one of the tracks on there. And uh, I don't know, it just kind of like looking at the water and it was very kind of peaceful. So I was yeah. like, all right. Let me, real yeah. vibe yeah sure. yeah so i was like all right let me cut it up and then yeah. the 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 narrative on top of it is yeah. uh by a youtuber called heinz h-i-n-d-z and he always just has like like really profound um topics about you know mental health and you know getting keeping on top of it and looking after yourself and stuff like that so i cool. thought it fit so yeah, it's just a vibey track that I got so many different tracks that I was like, this one seems the most <laughs> most appropriate. No, so. it was vibey. It was awesome. Yeah, it was great. And so, that, so, um, so, what attracts you to that kind of lo-fi sort of production style? Is it like how did you find yourself making beats like that? Um, not really. Uh, I think it's just the sound of it. It just sounds like. A rainy day. Do you go know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it sounds like uh, just a rainy day in like a chilled vibe. It reminds me of that kind of Grand Central, like Manchester kind of mm. sound of, of hip hop. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, exactly. Like I love all that stuff. Yeah. That was what I was, you know, I went to university in Manchester and I stayed there. And, you know, the, all the, the Mr. Scruff nights and everything mm. and that, that kind of, yeah, that low What a throwback, Mr. Scruff, right? Right? His name in a minute. I Jesus. know. He used to come into the, uh, so I worked at a grocery, a vegan grocery called Unicorn Grocery. He used to come in, like, all the time. Really? I was just like, oh, my God, it's Mr. Scruff. <laughs> 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 I think I, see him, I, I think I did see him live back in Leicester, but that was a while back. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah. He was so good, yeah, yeah. And there was a whole scene of that um, in, in Manchester. And, and where, DJ Food, is he from Leeds? I think he is. I think he's DJ, from Yorkshire. DJ who? Food. Food? I don't know who that is, DJ oh, Food. Right. Anyway, doesn't matter. I think no, he no. is. <laughs> no. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. <laughs> what did do? do you know that tune, The Crow? Have you ever heard that tune? I'm going to show you some stuff. Yeah, 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 please. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you've got, yeah, you've definitely got some baggers I won't mind. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I, I, yeah. Definitely do that. I'll get your playlist. It's a whole other life. I feel like, you know, moving moving here and starting doing this sort of bluegrass thing instead of the... I mean, I've, the No Name Scar Band is a nice kind of, mm. like, um, kind of sort of, like, string of, of narrative that's the same from when I lived in the UK. But, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I, it's a whole different life that I used to lead, you know? I was going to ask you if you felt that way. Like, yeah, a little, yeah. like... um. Just the, 
you know, because it was like everything was like dance music and punk music, mm. and I was an MC and stuff like that. And, and yeah, it's just that's this nuts, whole, totally yeah. different. I just went, boop, just went, yeah, right, yeah. went in a completely different direction. But I mean, it had always been there, and we talked about it on the on the show before. But, right. but you know, I think you know, getting back to that, um, getting back to that whole thing of just not ever really kind of being into one thing, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't really matter what sort of alley I go down musically. I, I can find stuff I like in there, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we got um, a picture of the equipment that you were using for the. Uh, for the tune that you played, can we take a look? Can you tell us a little bit about this beauty? Uh, yeah, it's a bit dirty. Oh, uh, that's good. It makes it look used. It's definitely used. That's <laughs> that's 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 what an MPC looks like when it's been used. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's an MPC live. Uh, it's essentially a drum machine. Um, what's cool about the MPC live? You, you can do so much on it. It's, it's. I was actually just thinking about this earlier. Like, you know. When you think of like instruments and stuff like that, yeah, like I don't know if you ever heard of the OP One, you know, the OP One Teenage yeah. Engineering. That won awards, but just for being so innovative, just right. because it was just so cool. But I feel like the MPC, the new MPC Lives, is like it's one of those kind of instruments machines that you can literally do everything on it. That's great. It's got like a built-in synthesizer. You can record vocals in it. You can literally—it's the computer that's just made for making music. Um, That's cool. Yeah, I had an MPC two thousand. Yeah, back in it, I see. I like I had a Roland MV eighty eight hundred. Everybody else had like an MPC two thousand or whatever else, and I was always dead against. Is that big grey one? Yeah, and and it could do a lot. But that you should have kept that. You know how much they're worth? I don't. Yeah, <laughs> they're worth so much money. It's yeah. crazy how much they're worth now. I've had some cool things in the past and sold them. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> but, um, I yeah, feel you, mate. Yeah, I like techniques are gone and oh, all sorts no. of stuff like that. But um, yeah, the uh, I remember on the MPC 2000, it w- it was really tricky getting the loops and everything. Like, yeah, the, I I imagine with that this sort of more modern equipment that it kind of figures it out a little bit more for you, or does it not? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not really. Right. It kind of does, it kind of doesn't. Um, it's a lot easier than back in the day with okay. your MPCs, yeah, <laughs> for sure. But the, the MPC that you had back in the day, the cool thing about them was the swing. That's why it, it right. was always really hard to kind of get like proper loops because it always it was just a weird way to have the swing on it. You know yeah, I mean? exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. You know, it. I, I'm really dead against being on a computer when it comes to making music that's cool i find that in logic and i make you know i make a lot of when i make beats because the only thing that i know back to front is logic i make them in logic right and there are certain things that i have to really try hard not to fall into certain traps you know Mm. just because it's it, it leads you towards making a certain type of music. Yeah, know? definitely. And it's, it's difficult. Well, to that's why with. I love synthesizers. Yeah, because it forces you to kind of, you know, like think outside the box. Yeah, and like sound design as well. I've really been getting into like sound design and right, cool ephemeral music and yeah, and it's really weird hippy dippy stuff. No, uh, you know, um, I've, I've been no thinking about a lot of does that, but <laughs> for me, it is because it's just like. I didn't think I I'd... get it. He's like, am I allowed to like this? <laughs> yeah, well, you, uh, I find myself like on a patch for like three hours, just just yeah. one note, 
and yeah. just like droning along and I'm like this is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard you yeah know? man like you just it, there's something very cool about that just you know creating think, your different yeah. patches and you know, yeah, yeah, it's something I want to explore more. I, I actually, Yas, who's one of the, the um, instructors here, I was texting him a couple of weeks ago saying I wanted to make some synthesizer like um, meditation music. Because mm, yeah. it's, it's, I used to do a bit of that back in the day, mm. and it's been been years since I've experimented with a real long form, just like you know. Like I'll have to send you some of the stuff, stuff that I've been messing around with. So, like, oh, yeah. I've been getting into like field recording, right. Have you, ever awesome. looked, have you ever looked into, like, field recorders? A little bit. I did a music degree, and some of it was recording, so I did a little bit of that. Yeah, I, I did the same thing. I did right. a music degree as well, but yeah. it's weird, mate. Like, field recording in itself, <laughs> it's absolutely... Just the doing of it. Yeah, it's, like, super bizarre. <laughs> you can look on Instagram, and you'll see certain guys that do it, they go, like, they'll take frying pans to their feet and like <laughs> stick a stick a symbol on their head and just oh, tap it great. on the beach like it's the weirdest thing but i've been getting into i've not been doing that any of that <laughs> but i have been going out with my little recorder and just like recording like when i'm at the beach or yeah or you know like tapping shells together and then creating like a patch that's cool I always wanted to do some stuff like that in churches, like with the echo. Yeah, you know? yeah, that would be actually really cool. Yeah, that like the, really I love cool. those huge reverberant rooms. Mm. Like, yeah, I've always wanted to do some stuff like that, and then or like make make really long form um, like compositions of only just a few notes, but in mm. a huge reverberant. Mm, room, yeah, you know what I mean? mate, I'm gonna send you some stuff because yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll send you a few bits and that. But yeah, I'm with you. I, I, there's something about it. I don't know if it's just getting older and you just <laughs> want to just hear something different, or it, it could be just like you say, like that mindful spiritual kind of music. Because I find myself when I listen to it, like you really get like taken to another place for sure. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and I, I, yeah. I, I kind of love that. Like, uh, uh, you know. I know when I was, when I was sort of, four, I was really into that kind of thing when I was like 14, 15. I was really into Apex Twin, like crazy. Oh, into yeah. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Same, that, I was. Yeah, 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 he was dope. And the ambient works mm, and everything. And, yeah. And lying up at night contemplating infinity listening uh-huh, to the ambient yeah, works. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and that's, for me, it's something I've been wanting to get back into as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, been thinking about it quite a lot. That's weird, isn't it? How, like... You know, like how music, at like the, not a fad. I wouldn't say it's a fad, but how certain music comes back again. Because yeah. I'm noticing now, like more and more people are into that style of music that we're talking about. Like yeah. you, they'll buy synths that specifically and and guitar pedals specifically to make that music. Yeah, and it's like people. I don't know. Maybe it's just, well, it's kind of like a post postmodernism as well. Because it's mm, like it's yeah. like um, the uh, you know we took. Like the DAWs, the doors or whatever, are really, really good now. You can basically yeah. do anything you want with them. And so it's got to a point where people don't want them to be yeah. as good. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like step back from that. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, and have a bit more organicness in the right. music. I yeah, guess. definitely. Oh, yeah, so have you got any gigs coming up then that we need to plug yeah. here? I, I do. Uh, I think I can remember. Uh, so Friday, I'm at Brogues and Lake Worth. Right. Saturday, I'm at Death and Glory right. in Del Rey. Sunday, I'm at Warren in Del Rey. Okay. Then the following week, we've got Tiny Gear concert on Wednesday. That's right. Um, at the library. Wax on, wax off 
at Death and Glory in Delray. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Brogues, Delray, uh, Death and Glory, and Warren. So, yeah. Cool, man. Busy. How far afield do you get? How, what's, like, what's your kind of radius these days? Um... To be honest, I've played all over the place. i played in West yeah. Palm, I've played in Delray, Palm Beach Gardens. Um, how far north have you got? How far north? Yeah. Um, yeah. Northwood. Right. Northwood, gotcha. yeah. From like Northwood to sort of Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. Uh, well, that's south. Fort Lauderdale south. Right, I'm just thinking about like the... Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been Fort Lauderdale a couple of times and played there. Um Yeah, I'm trying like more and more the more gigs I'm trying to be a little bit picky on the gigs because I've you know, I like to perform. I'm not really yeah. like it's DJing, but I still like if you don't get it, you don't get it. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, like sure. if you're expecting like, you know, wedding DJ type Dude, I'm I'm not the guy. Like, like, oh yeah, yeah, and I, yeah I've yeah. seen I've seen you before. You do perform. You're, yeah, you're yeah, an act, I, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, I'm I'm not really like so. Um, we did that. Do you remember we did that punk rock? Um, yeah, UK versus USA. Yeah, that was fun. yeah. Shoot, I forgot about that. Yeah, um, and we won. Yeah, then we won. <laughs> I mean, of course we did. You yeah, know. UK versus the US punk. I'd say that's. That was that's a, good old a given. Time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tried to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him, bless him. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, here, let's see what we've got going on with uh, Killbillies this weekend. Yeah. We always do the shameless plug at the end. We've got Pirate's Cove um, from 7.30 to 10.30 on Friday. And then on Saturday, um, we're playing at Paddy Max in Palm Beach Gardens, right around the corner from the studio. Um, and that's from 9 to midnight. And if you enjoy a, uh, a kind of like a... Chill Irish pub that has great food and um and real Irish people. Then there's one right there. Um, Hugh who uh, who runs the place is a, a real cool guy and uh yeah we're playing there. Looking forward to it. We've been playing there for years, ten years, and um we always do the St Patrick's Day there as well. That's our that's our kind of you know that's part of the soul of Kilbillies that place. And Don't. then on Sunday we're doing a thing called Rock and River Walk, which is um. It's in Stewart, and if you've ever been to Stewart, there's an amphitheater down by the Intracoastal, and um, it's right by the bridge there, and um, next to um, Mulligan's, um, right in the downtown area of Stewart. And um, they, they, um, Ron Hart does a, uh, he's a local sort of agent and gig promoter, and he also runs a, uh, he has a, a really cool shop in um, in Stewart. But anyway, he he does these, uh, he does these. A weekly uh, concerts in downtown Stewart. So we're playing that from uh, 1 to 4. So you can come and check us out there. And uh, yeah, I think I think that's us. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Thank you. I yeah. enjoyed it. It was yeah, great. It's been a pleasure. I've been sort of threatening to have you on this for like a year now. So well, about six months. I keep bringing it up. Yeah. Glad we got it done. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Right, thank you. All right. See ya. Cheers. <laughs>